0: Hello, and welcome to the St. Mark's Episcopal Church podcast. I am the Reverend William Stokes. This fall, we are releasing the recordings of our weekly Lions Forum classes. Leading up to our 100th anniversary together as a parish family in 2022, the Lions Forum will be focused on the importance of the church in the life of every believer. In our first series, Church, and Place to Belong, we are walking through the third section of the creed and exploring the theology behind the church's origin and mission. In this episode, our rector, the Reverend Tom Murray, impacts for us what we mean by the phrase one holy catholic and apostolic church and the connection between the visible church and the invisible church.
1: Okay. All right. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Lord, we are grateful for this opportunity to gather together in your name as your people and we pray your blessing upon us Lord as we seek to do that faithfully as we talk about your church Lord we thank you for your church and for the good things that you do through the ministries of Saint Mark's we pray your blessing upon us that you unite us in your spirit guide and direct us in accordance with your good purposes and in all things uphold us with your grace we ask it in Jesus name amen come on in. So I'm really excited about this class. I get to follow up. Um, The Reverend Mr. Stokes got us kicked off on this three-part series about the church. And um, those of you that were here um, last week may remember, I love someone who's just not afraid to come to the front row. Right? Isn't that great? It's so encouraging. So um, he started us where we should start. Uh, in Acts chapter 2, the beginning, right, Pentecost, and made the point that uh, I think even said, you might have quoted someone who said two sides of one coin. If you're talking about, you know, the church, you're talking about the Holy Spirit. If you're talking about the Holy Spirit, you're talking about the church. I mean, the two are just intertwined. And so we're in um, that part of the creed. We believe in one holy Catholic an apostolic church that's our topic for today um, and again back to getting started yesterday we were in Acts chapter 2 um, where it says that they were all together in one place and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty wind. You, you know that tongues of fire um, and the thing that pointed out William pointed out a lot of good things I commend it to you it's actually it's a podcast right so if you're walking the dog, or if you're just hanging out, or whatever, you can you can you can listen to our podcasts, right? St. Mark's Episcopal Church. I'm a podcaster. <laughs> Thanks to our assistant director. I never thought I'd say that. And a TV evangelist, even. How about that? We're live streaming. So, um, but that's really cool, actually. And you can you can get caught up on these classes. But he was saying a lot of good things, but that um, uh, one of the first things that we see the church doing is preaching, right? That's, the, that's what Peter did. Um, the Spirit led him to preach, and we know that people were moved and responded to that. Some 3,000 people uh, came to faith uh, at that first sermon. Um, Men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth. Hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, and the, and the sermon was rooted in the scriptures, right? was rooted in God's word. Um, and, uh, and then the first thing that they did when they responded was they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, what should we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you. Again, pointing to the sacraments. So when you're talking about the church, you're talking about word and sacrament, uh, just right from the get-go in Acts chapter two, right? That was a great setup, last week for for what we're talking about today uh, we believe in one holy catholic and apostolic church i found myself myself as i've gotten older saying intentionally those words just more slowly just that they're because i've I noticed at one point that they were just kind of running together you know it's just it, it can become rote that's the thing about um, you know the creed, uh, the Lord's Prayer. I mean, if you really stop and really contemplate what you're saying in the Lord's Prayer, it's it, There's a lot there, but it's so familiar that sometimes it gets wrote So I found myself just kind of going through this, we we'll believe in one Holy, Catholic, and Apostolic Church, thinking about those words, one, Holy, Catholic, and Apostolic Church. Um, so if you're looking at um little handout, I've got I've got a lot of really good quotes. I don't know if we'll be able to get to it all. I just couldn't stop. I'm like, I mean, there there are so many good quotes um, that I was pulling out of this book, um, The Theology of the English Reformers. Um, It was just really fantastic, and it was all kind of definitely together, but it was uh, kind of overwhelming pulling it all together. But from the catechism, keeping it simple, right? Um, In the back of the prayer book, we have We have the 39 articles of religion which are a a good summary of of our of our reformed catholic faith and and the way that i heard someone describe them at one point was really helpful to me a good starting point for any theological conversation in the episcopal church of the anglican communion anglican church a starting point it's it's not a confessional you don't have to sign off on all those there's a lot in there that we can you know discuss about Uh, but the 39 articles is a good starting point in 1979 they 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 took those and just kind of you know wanted something that was way easier to get your head around or you know just smaller simplified that's what we call the catechism in the back of the prayer book and i encourage you to go through there and read that again it's it's not very complicated So from the catechism, um, we've got this right here. Why is the church one? Why is the church described as holy? Why is the church described as Catholic? Why is the church described as apostolic? And that's our topic for today, right? So the church is one because it is one body under one head, our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, The church is holy because the Holy Spirit dwells in it, consecrates its members, and guides them to do God's work. The church is Catholic uh, because it proclaims the whole faith to all people to the end of time. A word that simply means universal, small c, Catholic, universal. Um, The church is apostolic because it continues in the teaching and fellowship of the apostles and is sent to carry out Christ's mission to all people. Um, You remember from... The the William, if, if you are in William's class, that's how it ended. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers, um, and and by do and then they sold all. You know they they shared their things with one another. They behaved like Christians, uh, and day by day um, they broke bread in their homes, uh, and the Lord added to their number. It says day by day those who are being saved. So, so there, there you go. That's, that's, um, that's why um, the church is described as one, described as holy, and described as Catholic, and described as apostolic. So let us close in prayer. I'm just kidding. I'm I mean, that, there's a lot in there. That's oversimplified, but there you go. That's, that's, a, that's a good starting point. So probably not what any, any of us would have come up with, is it? Would you have come up with this for a succession plan? Well, we wouldn't have come up with Good Friday either, right? Or, or any of it, right? God's divine plan of salvation, right? So, uh, and, and then the succession plan to continue Jesus' ministry. He's going to ascend to be with the Father, and he's going to pour out his Spirit upon the, the, the fellowship of believers and they flawed and imperfect though they are we are they are going to continue jesus's ministry in the world glorifying god fellowshipping with one another and teaching people to believe all that he said right but but it, but in a, but the over you know overall that is to continue jesus's ministry in the world that's the purpose of the church if you think about it again who would have who would have come up with that Um, so if you look in your handout john chapter 17 uh, this is coming toward the end right jesus knows what's on the horizon he's he's got this prayer that he's praying for his disciples and for all believers is broken up and he says i have given them your word And the world has hated them, because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but I ask you to protect them from the evil one. They do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself, so that they may be sanctified in truth and then the prayer shifts uh, and jesus is praying for all believers i ask not only on behalf of these but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word that's us that they may all be one as you father are in me and i am in you may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given them, so that they may be one as we are one, I and them, and you and me, that they may become completely one again, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. This is Jesus' dying prayer that the church that he's going to establish would be one. And it's a big deal because for the church to be one so that the world would know that, 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 that the Father sent Jesus. So how are we doing with that? <laughs> right. <laughs> right, I got a thumbs up. Got a thumbs up from one. Um, so, earlier, a couple chapters earlier in John's Gospel, uh, Jesus says, "You did not choose me, but I chose you, and I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. If the world hates you, be aware that it hated me before it hated you. If you belong to the world, the world would." Love you as its own, because you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, servants are not greater than their master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. When the advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who comes from the Father, he will testify on my behalf. You also are to testify because you have been with me, From the beginning so we are chosen to continue Jesus's ministry under the direction of his Holy Spirit right that's in a in a nutshell what we have going on here and uh, and again the Holy Spirit is going to be the one that is going to be the uniting personality right so there's that whole thing about, you know, you are Peter, and I will build my church upon you, right? But that's not like, you know, the appointed heir. <laughs> it, according to everything else that we're reading, the Holy Spirit is going to be the uniting personality. And, and interestingly, the Holy Spirit uh, is, is doing that work through, through all of God's people, through the community of believers. Again, an extraordinary succession plan. I mean, who would have come up with this? When the spirit of truth comes, this from John 16, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Uh, so again, Jesus' dying prayer uh, in John 17 that we be one so that the world will know that the Father sent Jesus, um, that has been under attack from the beginning, hasn't it? How many uh, Christian denominations would you guess there are worldwide? We've got the Episcopalians, the Presbyterians, the Methodists, the, you know. So, I mean, we, we can all reel off like five or ten or something, right? How many of you think? Worldwide now. Mm hmm. Those claiming to be Christian denominations, yeah. Yeah, 200. 250. 40,000. 40,000. See, everyone's going to go home and, look, right now, we're going to go home and Google that, right? We're going to Google that. Now, again, give or take, right? Uh, but the point is, and it's self-proclaimed, right? Uh, some of those wouldn't make it through the cut, wouldn't make it through the, you know, the, the, the process, if you will. But, um, but yeah, uh, you know, think about it. What people, churches divide over the color of the carpet in the sanctuary. Like they do. Like, if you drive up through a small town, I mean, you know, there's like more churches than grocery stores. And it's like, it's it's this, you're like, church buildings, congregations. So point is, we haven't done so good with that, right? And being one, right? We haven't done so good. Um, with, 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 with Jesus' dying prayer, have we? Um, now, for a good long time, you know, up through, what, the 12th? Yeah, are you going to turn that down a little bit? Do you know how to do that? Um, what, the Eastern-Western split, 12th century, William? 12th century, right? And then the, with the Reformation, usually. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, that, so, again, so for the first 12th, centuries, you know, there's just the, the Roman church. And then the Eastern split uh, with Greek Orthodox, Orthodox churches. And then with the Reformation, uh, wow, cat's out of the bag with that, right? And then you come to the States, and whoo, wow. You know, privileged North Americans, you know, who don't change the color of the carpet. I'm telling you, I'll leave. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> uh, so, so So there's that so i love what the moravians and i don't know who this is attributed to and i actually tried to find it out and it's 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 attributed to to various uh people uh through church history but the moravians have this as like their their um not their mission statement or division statement but just attached to the 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 moravian church in essentials unity in non-essentials liberty in all things charity That's good. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. That's a good formula for for conversation, right? Uh, And then, of course, you you get to a point of disagreement about, well, what's an essential, (laughs) what's a non-essential? But that's a good formula which leaves room for there to be diversity within the body which is interdependent and uh, mutually needing the, each other's parts. And Paul really, you know, goes with that metaphor of the church body and the human body and how the human body, you know, from, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I've got this down here, uh, for just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. Christ, for in the one Spirit we were all baptized into one body; Jews or Greeks, slaves are free, and we were all made to drink of one Spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, "Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body," that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear would say, "Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body," that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye. Where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So again this is the formula for continuing jesus's ministry in the world Um, the church the holy spirit his body using us broken flawed people Um, but that's the plan and and again we've struggled with that Uh, but where that is where that's working well it's a beautiful thing to behold isn't it when you've seen the church be the church it's 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 phenomenal, and you know I, it's 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 usually through hard, hardship, isn't it? It's like with anything spiritually, um, I've seen St. Mark's respond really remarkably over the past eighteen months, two years. I know historically that this church tends to lean in to challenges when there's a hard time. That's when the body is it's functioning interdependently uh, acknowledging and respecting the diversity of the various members coming together to be a body because individually we can't all be a body so we got to do that together and this church historically does that really 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 well it's just in the dna and when 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 churches are are really functioning as as we're intended to function it's a beautiful and powerful thing and it's a great That the Father sent Jesus into the world because we're one. And that's what bears witness uh, to the ministry of Christ. Um, So early on in the church, um, I've got this quote from St. Augustine. If you've ever heard me talk about how my mentor said to me on the night before my ordination to the priesthood, I was really anxious. It's an anxiety-provoking thing, isn't it? um, it's just like, it's just overwhelming, you know, and so I was, we were in the, we were in there, kind of going through things, and, um, he was trying to settle me down, he's actually coming, uh, my mentor to be our stewardship preacher next month, October 10th, you don't want to miss it, he's a lot of fun, um, and, and he's a lot more fun now that I don't work for him. <laughs> he's awesome. No, listen, Frank Limehouse. And so, but he told me, just to settle me down, uh, we were in there kind of going through things the night before, and he said, Tom, you are, you are living proof of what, the, of what the articles of religion say, that the uh, validity of the sacraments is not dependent upon the worthiness of the ministers. let that let that filter down and process in right the validity of the sacraments because what was happening in the early church was well gosh you know is what if what if what if the what if the leaders the clergy aren't behaving you know what like what is that does that undermine is that really the church is that the church and so it was augustine that that originally came up with this formula saying that The personal unworthiness of the minister does not compromise the validity of the sacraments. And thank God for that, right? It's not dependent upon the worthiness of the clergy. We aren't Jesus' succession plan in that regard. We're not, we're not like, you know, um, we're not stepping into that role, right? (laughs) None of us are trying to do that. uh, Called. Uh, to, to lead, have an appropriate, you know, threefold order of, of ministry in the book of Acts for kind of guiding the church and organizing the church, but, uh, but it's made up of broken people, so, so, then, so then what are the marks of the, the true church, the visible church, like how do you know, like if, the, if it's not dependent upon the, the worthiness of the minister, right, if that's not your litmus test, how do you know, and so they got this quote from Nicholas Ridley. Um, and, and I've got a, it's, it's, it's too long, so I'm going to read a little bit more of the quote. Um, the holy Catholic or universal, this is where he says the marks whereby this church is known. It goes before that, the holy Catholic or universal church, which is the communion of saints, the house of God, the spouse of Christ, the body of Christ, the pillar and stay of the truth. This church, I believe, according to the creed, This church I do reverence and honor in the Lord. But the rule of this church is the word of God, according to which rule we go forward unto life. And as many as walk according to this rule, I say with St. Paul from Galatians, peace be unto them and upon Israel, which pertaineth unto God. The guide of this church is the Holy Ghost. And here's the quote that you've got written down from Nicholas Ridley. Uh, The marks whereby this church is known Unto me, in this dark world, and in the midst of this crooked and froward generation, that's not forward, that's froward, that's difficult to deal with generation, are these. The sincere preaching of God's word, the due administration of the sacraments, the two ordained by Jesus, baptism and the Lord's Supper, charity, and faithful observing of ecclesiastical discipline according to the word of God. And that church or congregation which is garnished with these marks is in very deed that heavenly Jerusalem which consisteth of those that be born from above. This is the mother of us all, and by God's grace I will live and die the child of this church. Um, so that's those are the marks of the church, the word of God, the sacraments, charity, and then do ecclesiastical uh, you know, organization according to uh, the Word of God. You see, because by the 16th century, the church had uh, accumulated considerable power, right? Resource and influence. Uh, if you watch any of these shows on Netflix, it gives you a little window into just how wild it had gotten. Um, and the church was looking and functioning more like a human-led institution, which was never Jesus' intention, was it? It was supposed to be a body of diverse parts, independent, interdependent upon one another, united and led by God's Holy Spirit, right? So the Reformers um, looked to the Bible to determine the visible marks of the true church, and it always begins with God's word. Uh, From Romans 10, again, this quote is written down for you, but how are they to call on one in whom they have not believed, and how are they to believe in one... Of whom they have never heard and how are they to hear without someone to proclaim him and how are they to proclaim him unless they are sent as it is written how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news but not all have obeyed the good news for isaiah says lord who has believed our message so faith comes from what is heard and what is heard comes through the word of christ so there are these visible marks of a true church congregation which may include all sorts of people. You know that uh, the, the parable of the wheat and the tares, the wheat and the weeds, right? There's all kinds of people in there, aren't there? You know the one I'm talking about, right? Uh, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a man who sowed good seed in his field, but, but while men were sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. So when the plants came up and bore grain, Uh, Then the weeds appeared also, and the servants of the householder came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed into your field? How then has it weeds? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said, Then do you want us to go and gather them? But he said, No, lest in gathering the weeds you root up the wheat along with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at the harvest time, I will tell the reapers, gather the weeds first and bind them into bundles to be burned, but gather the wheat into my barn, right? There's a picture of the visible church, weeds and wheat. <laughs> there you go. The wheat and the tares. So it's at the, the, the final separation of the wheat from the tares, um, that day of judgment, um, when the elect, uh, the true church, the invisible, the fellowship of all believers uh, is, is pulled together and, and revealed. Um, oh gosh, I'm running out of time here. So the, um, the, the invisible church, if you look at this quote from John Hooper, I believe that, that his church is invisible to the eye of man and is only to God known And that the same church is not set, compassed, and limited within a certain place or bounds, but is scattered and spread abroad throughout all the world, but yet coupled together in heart, will, and spirit, by the bond of faith and charity, having and altogether acknowledging the one, the only God, the only head and mediator, Jesus Christ, one faith, one law, one baptism, one spiritual table, this church containeth in it all the righteous and chosen people from the first righteous man— unto the last, that shall be found righteous in the end of the world, and therefore do I call it universal. So, so again, here's what I'm trying to, 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 to communicate to y'all today. The, the visible uh, church today is a congregation of believers where there is word and sacrament, not dependent upon the worthiness of the leadership, right, but where according to God's word, word and sacrament are faithfully administered that's the visible church and it's made up of of all kinds of people isn't it it's made up of of some that have their hearts uh on fire for the lord and some who well i don't know what their motivation is but they're but they're but they're a part of the visible church they come to church right they're 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 a part of the visible church right then there's the invisible fellowship of all believers the communion of saints that nancy's going to talk more about next sunday right the invisible, the bride of Christ, right? That 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 spans all time, all the way back to the to the first disciples and those who haven't even come yet. That is another window into the church. That's the invisible church, right? Um, and that's a part. The invisible church um, is 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 a is a, is a part of the visible church. Now there's other things that are a part of the visible church there's some weeds (laughs) right but the visible church isn't a part of the invisible church because there's some stuff in there that's not making it i'm telling you right but so again when you're talking about church we're not talking about you know a set of, of bricks and mortar right? We're not talking about a building. You all knew that. You wouldn't be in Sunday school. (laughs) I'm preaching to the choir in that regard. You guys know that a church isn't a building. It's people, right? You knew that because William taught you that last Sunday, but you knew it even before then, right? But even more than that, there's more. This is is the, the next level in understanding. There is the here and the now and the visible church, and what is that? That's anchored in God's word, word and sacrament. That's the visible church, right? And there's a lot of diversity in there, because it's a body of many members making up one body, right? A lot of diversity in the visible church. And there's all kinds of stuff. Then there's that universal Catholic fellowship of all believers, that when we gather around the the communion rail, and we imagine our our loved ones who have gone before us, uh, that fellowship of believers, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing. That's The spotless bride of christ that the true believer is a part of right there's both of those things Um, and so i'll read this really quickly because i've um, in the 19th century there was a great division in the in the church of england and a priest named samuel stone wrote uh, 12 hymns based on the 12 articles of the apostles creed the ninth article is our subject matter today I believe in the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints. The next year, Anglican bishops from around the world assembled for a theological enclave that became known as the First Lambeth Conference. Continues to this day, every eight years. Uh, Stone's hymn set to music by Charles Wesley's grandson, Samuel Wesley, served as the opening procession. And these are the words of that great hymn. You'll probably recognize it. parent and I had it sung as the opening hymn of our of our wedding, right? This is an unusual <laughs> opening hymn for a wedding. Like, oh yeah, that guy's probably going to seminary. <laughs> the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ her Lord. She is his new creation by water and the word. From heaven he came and sought her to be his holy bride. With his own blood he bought her, and for her life he died. Elect from every nation, yet one over all the earth, her charter of salvation, one Lord, one faith, one birth, one holy name she blesses, partakes one holy food, and to one hope she presses with every grace endued. Though with a scornful wonder men see her sore oppressed, by schisms rent asunder, by heresies distressed, Yet saints their watch are keeping, their cry goes up how long, and soon the night of weeping shall be the morn of song. Mid toil and tribulation and tumult of her war, she waits the consummation of peace forevermore, till with the vision glorious her longing eyes are blessed, and the great church victorious shall be the church at rest. Yet she on earth hath union with God the three-in-one, and mystic sweet communion, with those whose rest is one. O oh, happy ones and holy, Lord, give us grace that we, like them, the meek and lowly on high, may dwell with thee. Beautiful. I mean, just it just, it just doesn't get any better than that. Great window into the visible and the invisible church, right? That, that broken and, and at times misguided fellowship of believers here and now. We're doing the best we can. Uh, in the midst of our diversity, trying to agree on the essentials, you know, and be united, and then the hope of that place where there's the heavenly fellowship, the host of, of all believers, all generations, um, that beautiful bride of Christ that we all uh, long to be a part of. So, so that's uh, part two. Again, Nancy will, will pick it up from there next week with uh, the communion of saints, right? For part three of the church. Thank you guys so much for being here. Please come again next week and bring a friend. What is the, name of the hymn, the hymn is, is the church's one foundation. It's, it's in the hymnal, hymn 525. Yeah, and I encourage you to read over that. It's a really strong one. So go in peace to love and serve the Lord.
0: Thank you for joining us today. And I hope that this teaching was edifying for you and gave you a better understanding about how the one, holy, catholic, and apostolic church is a place for every Christian to belong to. Tune in next week or join us live at 10 a.m. in Leatherbury Hall as the Reverend Nancy Suell teaches us what it means to be a communion of saints. God bless.